Thank you, DMX. X is not going to give you a hell of a lot, but this week, Luke Hodge is going to give you plenty on It's Time for a Beer podcast, the Hawthorne champion in Brisbane. Four-time premiership player, three-time premiership captain, absolute champion of the game, jumps in. And he's a ripping chat. He's an absolute champion fella. Those who rated me last week, thank you very much for those who took the time out of the day to give me a five-star rating and review. Again, I did promise a dick a pick or a beer. Up to you, please. Let me know. Slide into my socials. Of course, I do have a social media page on Instagram for the new podcast. If you do have a guest that you want to hear from, please hit me up. I'm throwing that many darts at the moment. Who knows? I might land the person you are chasing. I did get a one-star review as well. For my inability to fact-check, I don't fact-check anything. I failed school. I'm not going to spend too much time fact-checking. So if you are after a well-fact-checked podcast, please head to Howard Stearns or someone like that. But for mine, I don't have time and I don't particularly care about the facts. I'm doing this to fill in time during a pandemic. Uh, I like to learn new skills. I've got no idea what I'm doing. I've got no idea how to edit. So apologies again if the sound or the editing is a bit scratchy. I'm literally just Googling and working it out as I go. But please... Sit back and enjoy this man, Luke Hodge. And if you do enjoy it, please give me a five-star writer review and I'll buy you a beer or I'll send you a nude. Up to you. Here he is, Luke Hodge. Free kick to Hodge. You took on the man on the mark. Gain 20 metres and gains a lot from Yuki. Luke Hodge, uh, thanks for joining me. It's time for a beer with uh, Hawthorne uh, champion and and Brisbane champion. I'll, I'll give you that. You've resurrected that football club and you, all the credit's going your direction for their rise to the top. Welcome, Hodge. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Tocker. Thanks for having me, mate. I'm uh, pretty disappointed that you got Mitch on before me. Oh, um, that, was, that, that was a kick in the guts, yeah. Okay. I thought we were tighter than that, considering I took you to your first rap concert in Melbourne. Mate, um, I, I, I did feel a little bit let down. That's, if you want to be honest, I, I, I did. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna rip the bandaid off. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm slightly scared of you. <laughs> I thought if I, could get, oh, I thought if I could get your arch rival Joel Selwood on the week before, you'd be like, nah, fuck it, I'm going on that now too. I don't want him on there and me not on there. But uh, uh, how are you going, mate? You played golf today. How'd you hit him? Uh, Inconsistent, mate. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's my golfing. I had 16 shots in two holes. Okay. Um, but then after that went birdie, birdie. So um, even though one may have hit a tree and bounced back into the middle of the fairway, <laughs> but I'll, I'll take it. Um, and one may, one may have hit the hit the flag and stopped. Otherwise, it would have rolled off the other side into the bunker. So uh, it was a good day, but uh, oh, we had all the kids, uh, two of our older kids are now at school, and we had the third one in crash. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, relaxing day, mate. Oh, beautiful. Mate, four sons. How are you going? Uh, up until a week ago, I would have said perfect. But Tanner, he's uh, he's six months and he's just started teething. Okay. So between his five wake-ups in the middle of the night to uh, he just had a kip on me then and woke up and he started screaming at me. I've, I've got no idea why. Uh, so I've used a lot of Bonjello the last week or so. But um, up until the last week, mate, he'd been really good. Uh, and apart from that, the boys are boys are going well. We'll start with your career, and we'll start when, when Cooper was born. Did that soften you a little bit, do you reckon? I, I, I don't know. I thought when... I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you answer that. Did I, I see him soften us? I reckon it softened I was told. I was told it got me more angry because I was sleeping less. So when Suli, when Suli had his little daughter, yeah. um, he, now go, he now said, I know why you're such an angry bastard. He goes, because you have no sleep, you sleep deprived, plus you'd have a couple of beers on the weekend. Yeah. So you'd rock up grumpy on Monday. Well, I thought it did, but yeah, a lot of people thought it just made me more angry. I didn't think that was possible. Okay. Because I, also I remember uh, early days when Coop was around. Do you remember we went for dinner one night? I think Loz was, was out of town. <laughs> uh, and it was something to do with excess orange juice, I reckon. Was it orange juice? <laughs> 
Yes, mate. It was, uh, it was a mix. Um, so it was actually, I was talking about that place with Loz the other day. They did a great steak. Um, it was on the corner just off High, high Street, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, I can't um, anyway. scarred. It scarred me. No, I mean, we went there and we thought, oh, I, I didn't realise, but having the first kid, I didn't realise that OJ goes through kids. <laughs> um, Cooper's, he was about 12 months, I reckon. Yeah. And, uh, and on his third OJ, he felt like he needed to go to the toilet. Uh, obviously, he had a nappy on, uh, which that threw, he shat up, over, through, underneath, mm. everywhere over the floor. Uh, and Sully being the other older bloke, I thought would have hand, like, helped me out. He did nothing. Mate, you come to the rescue. Yeah, crazy. You, uh, you were unreal. I, I, it's the only mature thing I've ever seen you do. You were standing there and you helped me clean it up. I took him to the bathroom and you stayed there and mopped it all up. And mop- it, wasn't a, it wasn't a little one. It was yellow. It went everywhere. Yeah. Um, but it was a fair effort by you on the day. Did I gain respect that day? Was that one of the times where you're like, look, I don't like him, but... I mean, he did. He did help me out when I was really one out in a bit of a pickle. Yeah, you did, but you, you lost it pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Nah, my, my, you know, I was a fan of yours from the start. As I said, I took you to the rap contest. contest uh, what the rapper Eddie had? Yeah, Eminem. Marvel it is now. Eminem. Yeah, and I offered you a beer, and I went to the bathroom, and you, you said to my mate Copy, you said I didn't know if he was testing me or not, so I didn't have to take it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, just take the beer, you idiot, and have it. <laughs> That's right. We went. Um... We went to the concert and we had dinner at Silks uh, before we went. And that was when I, when the dessert or something came out at the end. I started eating this yellow thing and I was like, this, this Chinese delight is an absolute treat. What is this? And someone looked at me and said, it's mango, you idiot. I'd never had mango before. Until that. Oh, such a delight. And then we rolled over to, uh, to M&M and um, we had a few beers that night, which was... Uh, which is good fun. I remember picking you up the next morning and then racing back into the city and uh, back out the, after that. It was a uh, it was an eventful evening. Yeah, so I, th- I was always a big believer that you get to know the guys through having a beer and, and enjoying yourself. So I thought, what better way? I'd, I thought I was a young punk who knew rap, didn't know any words to any of the songs. Um, but you were sitting down there bopping away and looked like you enjoyed yourself. Oh, I did, mate. Hey, can we just go back to your junior days, Cole? Like, number one draft pick uh, of the, the famous now Super Draft, which... They reckon it's going to be rivaled by the draft from 2018. Uh, I was listening to a podcast, uh, Dylan and Friends, the other day, and Aaron Finch was on there, and he said that you, as a cricketer, were outstanding and one of the better he'd seen uh, as a youngster. Was cricket an option, or was it uh, you were a big boy, more powerful, could bowl quicker, and you were just pretty talented at everything? Uh, I'd say my cricket was a lot like my golf. Okay. Very erratic. Yep. Uh, occasionally, I would shut my eyes and swing and hit it. Yep. And occasionally, the ball would land roughly where I uh, where I was aiming. But most of the time, I had no bloody idea. Um, I actually, I broke a mate's arm um, <laughs> playing cricket. He, uh, I, I thought he had a bat. He should have hit it. But I, I bowled a full toss aiming for a Yorker. And it was going at his ribs. So he's put his hand up. And it's actually hit him on the forearm, broke his arm. Yeah. Uh, he blames me. I blame him. But he's got a bat. You might as well use it. But my uh, my cricket ability was was uh, it was more as you said. I was a bit older. I was two years older than Finchie. Yeah. And you could tell early that he was a freak. Like he was he was a thirteen year old kid who would keep up the stumps to quick bowlers. He be he was the best on the lip that I've ever seen. Yeah. Cheeky little smart ass he was. But um. But yeah, it was it was just more we we're a bit bigger than him. But yeah, there's no surprise that he went on to to make it because he was he was such a, well, his hand eye coordination and, and how talented he was 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 there to see. Mate, num- number one draft pick from Colac, being a country boy myself, not a lot happens in the country in terms of uh, imagine your upbringing, Colac. You know your local footy, your local netball, your local cricket, AFL probably seemed a little bit distant. Number one draft pick. When was the number one draft pick? You playing AFL? When was that solidified? And when did you realise shit? I'm actually going to be the number one draft pick. This is crazy. Um, I think what helped me was I didn't play my whole last year of under-18s because I was injured. So we went through under-16s uh, and then we had that uh, international series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played two games at the start before the international series, played that, and then I got osteopubis, which I think every kid goes through at some stage. Yep. And then I came back for the last two games or last three games where we played finals and, and missed the grand, grand final. We had a really good team, the Falcons, that year. But the two games prior and the two games after, the, you know, I actually had okay games. So in their memory that I was a good player. But during that time, I'd put on a bit of weight. I, uh, I, I found when, when you're 17, 18, you, you obviously had a couple of years in the country. There was yeah. sport. There was uh, obviously spending time with your mates. Um, but at the time, there was, there was no doubt. Graham Pollack, everyone was talking about, was a clear number one pick. But then when Hawthorne traded with Frio, yeah. Hawthorne wanted a midfielder. 
Um, so it was all about they didn't need a centre forward, uh, and then it was all between Juddy, myself, and and Luke Ball. I had an argument with someone the other day who um, I think it was understating Luke Ball's career. Ballie was when you three came out, uh, you were all Australian as a youngster, which I think people forget. You were all Australian in two thousand and four or five. Like you, you were cracking five. pretty early yourself. But Luke Ball, and that was uh, same same year as Ballie. Ballie was as well. We both we yeah. both were in '05. So uh, as much as Juddy was. Um, was king early. Skinny Judd was something else. Uh, Luke Ball at pick two was was a star as a youngster in yourself. Did you feel the pressure that you were chasing Chris Judd, even though your own footy was at an exceptional level? Uh, I don't think it was early on, mate. I think especially the first three years, I, I really struggled as far as, well, mate, you know, as we sort of said, I, I was a country boy who loved spending time with my mates. Yep. Uh, I would pick that over footy any, any day of the week. And I think me being only two hours away, it, it helped being apart from because I was able to focus on it, but I'd, I'd always drive back. So I was sort of stuck with that. That plus a few injuries, my mm-hmm. professionalism wasn't up there either. But I guess not much was spoken about Paul because of how good Juddy was early. Yeah. Um, Juddy, Juddy came out, I think, in his first game, had 20-odd touches, come third in their BNF in his first year. Yeah. Uh, after three years, he'd won a Brownlow, won at their BNF. I think his fourth year, he won a flag. Um, and I was just starting to come to terms with what it is to, to play AFL football and, and try and be consistent. So everything was was about how good Juddy was and how Hawthorne blew a perfect good chance to get to get Juddy into their team, which was, you look back now, that you can't argue with them. Uh, when a bloke who hits a scene like that and plays so well, and I'm overweight, playing half-back, half-forward, and can't find a spot. Yeah, well, I mean, a little bit similar, I suppose. Uh, Hawthorne probably aren't as regretful. I mean, it wasn't like Scott Pendlebury and Josh Kennedy, West Coast, were drafted the two picks after you were drafted. So, I mean, talk about, <laughs> what about that for a miss? Christ almighty. Mate, you would have won eight But they don't talk – what, Mitch Thorpe instead of Joel Selwood? Yes, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, at least I had a run, I suppose. <laughs> at least I put the fucking Guernsey on occasionally. Hey, um, did, did Juddy play on your mind? I know you just said Juddy was so good, but was that a contributing factor or did you go, all right, I'm just fully invested in Clarkson now, I'm fully invested in Hawthorne, whatever, you compare me to whoever you want, but, um, you know, I'm going to make my own path? Um, I think it's, everyone matures at different stages, mate. And I think physically I was able to play, I was big enough to play, but mentally I, I wasn't putting in the, the time and effort as far as diet, recovery, all the stuff, the training work ethic. I think the change came as soon as a new coach comes on board. I think you sit there and go, "Shit, I want to impress this guy." And then add it to that Andrew Russell, who I remember in my first year, first or second year, I think Shane Crawford ended up going to Jack uh, and saying, "Mate, you need to take it easy on him because Hodgie's going to give up footy. He's hating it." It was after Alstone got delisted and a few other, and he he actually went to Jack and said, "Mate, he's he's going to walk away. He's not enjoying it." Yeah. And then Jack was like, "Fuck off, Crawford. I'm going to push him until he understands what he can actually do." Yeah. So. I'm thankful for, at times, I headbutted with Jack a lot. Yes. And, uh, and and uh, we didn't say eye to eye, but I think that's how he knew he'd get the best out of me. And, and if, if it wasn't for those those two early on to put pressure on, yeah. I probably would have kept, I probably would have piss-farted my career away and, and sat back and just thought footy was about playing footy and, and having fun on the weekends. Because when I turned up in 06, I remember I was so excited to meet Luke Hodge. And uh, as you said, you'd just been all Australian. And you turned up in a gold Monaro. Tell us about your gold Monaro days. <laughs> oh, mate, I reckon um, that's, gone, that's gone through unscathed. That, that's not mentioned enough, that gold Monaro I used to cruise around in. Mate, it was called Fusion, all right? It wasn't gold. <laughs> and I love that car. It was, it was, I said, I'm not a car man. I don't know a thing about cars. But my uncle uh, worked at Holden and my other uncle who lived with me, uh, he was saying, oh, it's a good car. And I took it for a drive and loved it. The only thing is it got to the stage where... Uh, I think it was 2008 where Loz was pregnant with with Coop, and she's like, um, "Okay, well, Coop's not going to fit into into the Monaro." Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> you're got a car." <laughs> she's like, "No, you're going to have to sell it." So it was a it's emotional. I still hang shit on Loz about it at the moment. About well, this is 11 years later that she made me sell my dream car, oh. uh, and I've I've looked it up that many times. The only worst part is, is I sold it for 30 grand and had 30,000 k's on it. Now they're selling for eighty thousand because it was the the last ever Monaro made. Are they? So not only she maybe sell my dream car, she's cost us fifty grand by making <laughs> me get rid of it. Who says cars are a waste of money? So well, um, no, it was it was a good car, but yeah, it looked it looked a bit floggish. I remember um, in year twelve, I snuck out of the boarding house for the Mad Monday, 
That's a surprise. You know, it went. It was somewhere, and then we all went back to your. Well, I I went to your house. So I had to sneak out later. You had people at your place. Then we went to an establishment in the city. But I remember ringing you saying, Hodgie, what's your address the other day? And you go, oh, the car's parked out of the front. That's why the Monaro, I just always was like walking down the street <laughs> looking for this Monaro that was this gold. What colour was it again? Not gold, sorry. I, I, I mean, fusion, mate. A fusion, fusion. A fusion Monaro. But uh, <laughs> that was the night uh, I, you guys knew I had school the next day. And I had a fair crack as well. And you, drew, sure. you guys drew on me in permanent marker. And I had school chapel. <laughs> I had school chapel at eight AM that morning, and I had dicks drawn on me everywhere all over my body. Uh, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't for a couple of mates. I would have been in a shitload of trouble. But, uh, mate, I'm, I'm, I don't know who did that, but I'm tipping Campbell Brown would have been somewhere around yes, no. the the bike. Either, either giving the pen to him, the person who's doing yeah. it, or he would have done it himself. But also the encouragement. You'll be right, mate. You'll be fine at school tomorrow. You'll be fine. And then, sure enough, you wake up like. <laughs> Holy shit, I just spewed. Hey, um, <laughs> mate, oh, wait, uh, you and Sam Mitchell, I had Mitch on, as you said uh, earlier. He was appointed captain in the beginning of 08, and you two are neck and neck. Yep. Uh, it was a toss of the coin. You look at some clubs these days and go, you can't pick a captain out of 46. We had two captains that were ready to go at any stage. Did Hawthorne and, and why, why, were, why was Sam Mitchell probably better prepared for being captain at, at that age? You both would have been 23 or 24, so reasonably young. And, and did, you, yeah, uh, did I was, you regret it at all? So you go. Did you regret Mitch being uh, captain first time round? Obviously, it panned out perfectly, but were you worried that you might have missed the boat? Um, no, nah, not at all. No. Nah. If Mitch wasn't captain, we wouldn't have won the flag in 08. That's as clear as day. I was 23, maturity level of... 19, yep. 15 sometimes, but 19. Mitch was 25, maturity level of 40. Yeah. Um, and what we needed, we went through a phase where we came and we had Clarkson and uh, Andrew Russell come on board. Rich, uh, Van has done an unreal job to, to straighten up our, our culture and mature and, and making sure it was a selfless mindset with all the Kokoda trips that we did, with the Kokoda trips we didn't take all the young guys through. But we went through and had the vote rules, five votes each, to, uh, five to me, five to Mitch. And then yeah. Jeff Gann's like, no, nah, that's bullshit. We went into a room. He goes, you've got two minutes to make a decision, mate. It was clear as day that Mitch was a, uh, Mitch was the right person to make it because of, of that reason. Uh, and we sat in there and he said, look, he understood that in the future, once I get the professionalism and understand what it, it takes to be a consistent AFL athlete, once I understand all that, he said, mate, I'm happy to pass it over. Just you we need to find out when that time is. So... Mm-hmm. Easy decision. Uh, and then the best part with that was Mitch was one. So we would go and sit in a leadership meeting. Something would come to Mitch and normally the captain would deal with it. He would sit there and go, what would you do? Yeah. And he'd give me the he'd give me the time to actually sit through and say, this is what I'll do. And he'd be like, no, you're fucking wrong. This is what we're doing. <laughs> but he'd give me he'd give me the opportunity to make a decision. Yeah. And sometimes he'd go, yep, yep, no problem. Sometimes he'd be like, no, well, you got to think about this. And he, he was giving me the role of captaincy or, or practicing for it without actually having any pressure on me to, to make those decisions because ultimately he would make the final call when he was captain and yeah. then transition worked. And I think 2010, I had a really consistent year. Um, body was going well. Uh, professionalism was good. And then we, I think we got to early in the season. He was, I think he was, was either Smith, they were pregnant with either Smith or the, or the twin girls. And it was like the right time. Yeah. He, he had family coming up and, and I was old enough, mature enough to take, take the reins. I remember 2010, the night you were appointed. Uh, we had a time trial in the morning. That, mate, that, that makes one of us, mate. <laughs> we had a time trial in the morning. Uh, then we all had to go to the um, drawn, drawn grand final rematch. Uh, then we had our best and fairest, and that was the night you were appointed. Then we all had a punishment session for some reason at about 2 a.m. at... Simon, Simon Taylor missed his time. That's why we had to do it. At St Kilda Beach. Missed his running time. Is yep. that right? There you go. So Squizzy missed it. We had a punishment session. And then Squizzy bailed this, the second part of this story. That was your first opportunity to lead, Hodgie, um, at the beach that night. And I, all I remember you saying is, um, and we're all pretty pissed, you going, Sam Mitchell hadn't turned up. Mitch has Smith. Mitch has Smith. And I was like, what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, um, look, one, I had a meet with Clark and Mitch the day that they were going to appoint me. And Clarko said, mate, I don't want you to go and be anyone who you're not. You're not Mitch. Yeah. You're not Vanders. You're not Croft. Obviously, the, the previous three captains. You be you. He goes, you've got to captain because you're who you are. You're a country lad. You like to have a beer with the boys. Don't change who you are. 
So fuck it, I had about 10 mates up from Colac and I wasn't changing. So I remember, and do you know the worst part was, it probably helped. Um, we had about 10 of the blokes up in mahogany room and it yeah. got to the stage, it was about two o'clock and it ticked over uh, daylight savings. Yeah. So she automatically jumped to, to three and we're That's sitting right. there going, shit, do we go to bed? Two hours sleep. We had a hot run. We just kept going. <laughs> the next thing is like five. All right, we, we got to go now. So that was probably my first mistake. Uh, and then we got down there and I think a few of the boys were late. So we, we swam out and came back in yeah. and we had to do it again. So I thought, perfect time. I'm going to try and say, look, guys, um, this isn't good enough. We need to. And I don't know what the hell I said, but what I was trying to say or what I was thinking in my mind, it came out totally fucking different. Oh. Um, and I'm sitting there and I realized, cause I'm looking at a few faces and they're going, oh gee, shut up. And then I've looked at Clarko and I'm like, Oh fuck, this is not good. And from there was first night as captain and I got one of the best sprays I've ever got from Cole Clarkson. Say, I remember him yelling at you saying something like, and this is your fucking first time to leave. Yeah. And he just... Yeah. And hey, mate, well, but as you said, you just got to start the bar low. From yes. that, I could only get better as a captain. I'm so not, what's I'm the fair. point of coming out here, giving a ripping speech, yeah. getting everyone impressive and then really stuffing up the rest of it? Because you know me, my speeches don't go well. So... <laughs> At least with that, I could only go better. And sometimes I probably didn't even get better. But when, when I was voting for um, best captain in the league, you're right, the, the, the bar was set at you not speaking English at St Kilda Pier. I was like, this bloke's a genius. He's the best in the business. But, um, mate, you mentioned... And they uh, thought I was a dumb, they thought I was a dumb colleague first. Come on, set, mate. You set it up perfectly. That's brilliant. I might try that with work. Hey, you mentioned... I don't know if you remember this. You mentioned just then the mahogany room. Uh, one night at Crown, we went upstairs to like a certain level where there's unlimited gambling, or not unlimited gambling, where the high rollers are. Can you remember? Yeah, and Luke, I think Luke Longley level was 28. up. Yeah, Luke Longley was yeah. in there. Uh, Horace Grant was in there. So me, you, and Stewie Jew, and there might have been someone else. But I remember Luke Longley looking at Dewey because Dewey had put on a few pounds <laughs> and going to Dewey, laughing, going, "Do you know what you remind me of? A fat version of Stewie Jew." <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, poor Dewey. Why is he? Why is he the butt of everyone's joke? I don't know, but gee whiz, he's on the gravy train these days. It's uh, it's incredible. <laughs> he's just got a two year extension as well. Yeah, so good on he's him. Enjoying it up here, isn't he? Why? I tell you what, if you could pick a team to coach at the moment, and I know the game's a bit different at the moment with different small quarters and uh, hubs and home games and that sort of stuff. Gold Coast, you, you must look at Gold Coast Hodge and go. That's a team you want to get your hands on. Yeah, Ralph, that young fella, he's a, he's a getting then ranking what he was able to do throwing. But is it Ben King or Max King, whichever King it is at Gold Coast? I just say King. Mate, they got a bright, yeah, yeah, one of the brothers. Um, mate, they're looking good. They are, they are looking good. Well, I've got while we're talking about the game, how, how do you see the state of the game? I think it's come under fire a little bit, and I don't know what, with your role in the media whether you're told to um, try and pl- keep it pumped up because it's obviously a pretty shitty time in the, in the world. But how, how do you see the state of the game? <laughs> well, clearly, if you listen to BT commentate the Richmond Sydney game. He wasn't pumping it up. He was hating it. Um, I feel for the guys because you you think about it. They're going through a massive preseason. They've had eight weeks off. They Mm. come back. They've got three weeks to get themselves, first of all, physically fit. And then they've got to try and play A-level football. Everyone's expecting what they've seen the last few years. These guys can't even train together. You're you're one physical session for the week. It's not even a a full team session. You can't even play match practice. The only physical session you can do for the week is when you the other nine blokes in your group, because generally they're groups of, I think, either eight or nine or 10 or whatever it is. Mm. That's the only time you're allowed physical contact. Yeah. So, And then they're supposed to get it here and the halfbacks are supposed to connect with the mids who are supposed to connect with the transition of the forwards. They're only doing that on game day because the rest of the time they can't yeah. train with each other. I'm, so I'm, 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 a bit more, I'm a bit more forgiving and, and think, look, at least we're getting footy going and, and next year's going to be a different spectacle. Oh, I'm of the opinion Hopefully. too. I mean, the coaches and the defensive stuff that goes on, and this is just my shitty opinion, is... There's obviously more defensive stuff going on in the game these days since Clarko moved in and started doing it. But there's a lot of skill errors as well, and you can't put that down to defensive strategy. That's more just a skill error because of lack of energy, uh, training, skills, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, there's brighter yeah. sides. How are you enjoying the media? Enjoy it, enjoy it sometimes. Uh, I've been actually lucky up here that, um, that I've been on the boundary. So it's actually a bit more comfortable down on the boundary because you're actually out there with the boys and you feel normal and you can talk to them and we're up in the box. You're sort of timing when you can jump in and it's, it's all a learning curve. Uh, I'm going to make a shitload of mistakes, but I've sort of looked at it the same as football. You come in to a new career and you think, well, I'm going to make mistakes, but as long as I improve. So it's good that now Queensland is, 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 is the AFL at the moment. Yeah. They've come to the saviour that 
I got a phone call today saying that you're going to be doing a shitload of games because there's going to be a lot of games up here, which which is good. Oh, which is good for you. But when you poor old me over in Perth and you're going broke and you just want footy and you got your premier in a dick swinging contest with the with the AFL and then you got no <laughs> games and then you're going broke. I mean, help me, good lord. Anyway, um, now do you, I get? So I've done a bit of boundary stuff over um, here with uh, with Seven as well. I get so nervous. I, I absolutely shit myself. Uh, even though you, you think you know what you're talking about, and you've, we're both, you're much different than I am. You've, you've experienced it, but I mean the education under Clarkson and yourself, you feel like you know what you want to say. But it's, how do you get your words out that, that without stuttering, and you're worried about which way the mic's looking? Is the camera on? I absolutely shit myself. <laughs> no, I mate, with, without a doubt, I was the same. I, I, um, I did a thing on Dusty on Sunday, and yeah. Once you know what you're doing and you can do a bit of preparation, I actually felt that I got through it okay because I did a rehearsal beforehand and I, I stayed up and I did a few of his stats and and I think preparation's the, the main thing. Which preparation hasn't been, especially going back to school, it wasn't it wasn't a high yes. on my agenda with all that stuff. So I know this weekend I've got uh, I've got Bulldogs and Essendon, yeah. um, so I'm already starting to do some work on them. And then on Saturday night I got I've got North and Richmond. So at least you know who you're going to interview. You can start doing some work on it. And you, Hopefully the questions come out without stumbling because words uh, aren't fluent with me sometimes when I try and talk too fast. Oh, mate, I, I, a couple of times I got home uh, from doing it last year and jumped straight on the uh, TV, the replay, and I was like, did I look like a fucking idiot? And you're like, oh, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon that's all right. But I get home and Coop, he's obsessed with football. And even yeah. now, um, Leo, our four-year-old, I get home. He should be watching Channel Seven Hundred Three cartoons. He turns on the footy, yeah, nice. and he turns on the game if he hears my voice. And I'm like, mate, turn it off. I get home. <laughs> I don't want to listen. I hate the sound of it. Oh. So um, I guess that's that's. I think that's your best feedback to get. But yeah. I just hate it. The the premiership era of Hawthorne uh, was well, started in twelve, where we lost to, to Sydney, which arguably tossed the coin could have gone either way. But then <laughs> strung that then <laughs> and then strung 13, 14, 15 together. How, can you describe for people that are listening, you know, the feel, the work that went into the Triple Premiership? I don't think we'll see it again for a bloody long time. Uh, you're at the helm. Uh, you're, you're working with Alistair Clarkson, who at the time, at the beginnings, won one Premiership and probably uh, a little bit of pressure. Uh, can you just describe, you know, the, the bond and how it all worked? And I was, I was lucky enough to be there for, for 13. But uh, from then on, and, and, you know, the mateship that you guys have got now, yeah, I guess it's 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 a weird one. Like we were we were getting touted as chokers. Yes. Because we we won 08, and then this is going to be the team for the next ten years. They're going to dominate because it's a young group. We got happy with ourselves. We missed finals in 09. We lost the prelim in 2011 against Collingwood Ball, when Ball. Luke Ball yeah. first Swanee kicked the snap. Bud kicked the the dribble goal. Yeah. And then Bully kicked the snap on his left foot that he can't even kick a right foot drop punt that far. Yeah. And a bloody went through, and we were in the winning position at three quarter time, and then. Come to the Sydney Grand Final, and then when we finished on top, we were favourites, and we lost again. So, yeah. in thirteen, we we're getting touted as bloody chokers. So uh, it, was, it was it was a big thing. It was Luke Loudon, Luke Loudon on the preseason yeah. post season twelve Grand Final when he goes. We spoke about the leadership group, and I think I spoke about how this is what we're going to stand for. And he's like, "Yeah, mate, we've heard it all before." Yeah, and this is in front of everyone, and we're like, yeah. "What the fuck do you say?" Yeah. <laughs> and and we we we're always trying to embrace people to speak up if yeah. you think something, and, and we'll take it on board. And there's no no pecking order. And he said in front of everyone, "I'm like you little bastards." Yes. Yeah. Um, but then he sort of spat that. I said, "Well, what do you mean by that?" And he goes, "Well, you guys do it from round one to twenty-two as leaders. You say you're going to be selfless. You say you're going to give the first option. You're going to do all the right things. But then it comes to big games, and you guys think you're going to." try and win the game and like the mindset's right but it's the actions you're not trying to you shouldn't try and win the game you got to stick and be i guess reliable to everyone else in what you're doing yeah and we sort of sat back and, went, Fuck, and then you go back and you review the grand final and some of sh- some of the shots that were taken and from the older guys that we probably should have centered um or hand give a handball back and then we sat back and from that i think it was a different mindset it felt like that it doesn't matter what the game is whether it's a preseason game a home and away a final a close game from the first minute to the last, we're going to be doing the right thing. If someone's behind you or got front and square to you, give them the handball. Yeah. Someone's in a better spot, give it to them. And there was no there was no hierarchy. If someone stuffed up, I would expect another leader to hit me or mm. um, or I would give feedback to them or, or if a young fella saw something, you wanted to talk. So from Luke, Luke Loudon's comments, it was just like, a, shit, this is what we need to do. And, yeah. 
And luckily enough, it worked. In, in, our record for the next few years with close games was unbelievable because we didn't change the way we played. Yeah. Like we were reliable to one another. We'd, we'd do what everyone else on the field was expecting. It wasn't a surprise. Mm, it's funny you say that, especially when I uh, left Hawthorne and went to West Coast. We played you in a grand final. And, you know, you could sit there and do a roadmap of what Hawthorne were going to do. It, it wasn't a surprise to anyone. There was not a person in Australia who knew football would be in surprise what you did. It was just how consistent. You, it was a matter of consistency, wasn't it? I'm just for 120 minutes, and and Clarko calls it catastrophic fuck ups, and, and you limit them. <laughs> you, you limit them, yeah. and you guys just didn't have them. And every other club has them, and they're the ones you got torched on. And it was just consistency and by you guys. I, I think the mindset with that it was like, yes, everyone's going to fuck up, but it's not about dwelling on the mistake. Don't make a second or a third. You can you can you can cover one fuck up or two yeah. fuck ups. You can't cover four because yeah. otherwise it's a goal at the other yeah. end. Um, the other thing is there were so many parts of our game style that if, if you're going to cover the short 45 kick, then we'd switch it. And then as we switched it, every bloke on the paddock knew what we were doing. Hilly would be starting on the other wing. He would piss bolt out to, the, to make space. Isaac would run. And then the blokes there would have to make a decision. Do I cover Hilly on the outside to stop the switch? And it's, if they did, Mitch was free on the inside for a short 45 to the other side yeah. and then would move the ball. So it was one of these things that whoever came into a certain role, they knew what they had to do. Mm. And it didn't matter if you got the ball or not, you had a role you had to perform. Uh, and if you performed it, you got a pat on the back, whether you had one kick, 10 kicks or, or 30. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. But in, 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 in saying that, in saying that, do you know how you always look at teams that are down the bottom and you always say that it's not as good as it seems, it's not as bad as yeah. it seems? Yeah. People look through and they say, geez, the three premierships, geez, you guys must have been just floating around. You knew you could mm. beat teams. When you, when you win a flag or up the top, teams are coming at you. You're always thinking, yeah. are we getting ahead of ourselves? Are you always thinking, what, you're always worried about, are you doing the right things professionally? Like, There's so many things you're stressed about to make sure you're staying on top yeah. that it's not always smooth sailing as, as people think. And it's, it's a lot down at the bottom. I, I spoke to Matt Nix the other day and he said, well, we're actually doing a lot of good things, but it's just not transferring onto the footy field. So yeah. it's not as bad as what everyone's thinking, but it's just a perception from the outside world. Yeah, absolutely. And 2015, which... Um it broke my heart, uh, and I still see your fucking ordinary rig double clench fisting to the to the fans when you kicked that incredible goal right. from the boundary line. Um, hey, that rig wasn't too bad, mate. The rig was okay. It's just blown out a little bit since. Right, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that really hurt me. Uh, 2015, uh, which is I can only really talk about from experience, did you think that was the crowning moment of the boys? Were they, you know, like a, a title, a boxer who is a champion and... Because obviously by the end, you, Lewis, Mitchell, and now Birchall's in Brisbane, the champions end up end up moving moving clubs or whatever. Did you feel like that that was probably the pinnacle? Uh, I think what the guys went through, I thought they got, got no doubt, 2004 premiership was special. The fact that we had so many injuries. Clarko had the Guillain-Barrain disease. Yeah. Mitch missed with a calf for eight weeks or something. Cyril had his hammies. Lakey had his calf, I think. Uh, and Gibbo tore his peck. So we had all these younger guys stepping up, playing games, playing their role. Ultimately, they didn't get in the premiership, but the resilience from the guys yeah. gave us faith for 15 that no matter what happens, that we could always bounce back. And you guys wiped us uh, in the first final. Like, yeah. You guys were that much better. Uh, we were lucky. I think it was back to 30 points you beat us by. It shouldn't have been that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely floggers. Um, your defensive press, we couldn't get through on that oval. But we knew that after that, we got an absolute baking. And we knew if we got the opportunity again, that it wasn't going to happen like that. And we come back, we played some good footy about against Adelaide the next week. And a major worry was that overall again against Fremantle. We're lucky to get the win. But as you said, on the MCG, with more, the, the ground was bigger, it was more space. Good luck. Our kicking so And as I sort of said, with how, how the blokes played their role with the Healy and that, on that over, we weren't going to lose to you guys. Well, that's what we believed. Yeah. Um, our biggest test was making sure we got it. And that wasn't an arrogant way. It was just like a confidence and playing that oval so well and how we, how we used to play. I remember that that 2015, you guys flew over and I picked up my dad from the airport and your mum and sister were on the flight and, and, and with dad and um, they dad goes, oh, we're going to drop Hodgie's mum and sister to the, the hotel. Do you, do you mind? And I was like, this is fucking dog eat dog, mate. This is not this is not happy families. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't, I'm not going to harp on it, but I had a couple of empty stubbies in the back of the car, <laughs> and your mum goes to me, "Oh, you've already picked up Luke, have you? <laughs> did she really? Yeah, you've already had Luke. You've already did uh, Luke's rounds. Oh, 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 that was um, that was a couple of weeks after the drink driving yeah, as well. So she's probably having a double double no, whack at me. It was a whack at that. Mm -hmm. It was 100 percent a whack at that. Yeah. 
What? I don't know. Well, aren't you supposed to get support from your parents? Yeah, no, no. She piled in and she, yeah. she left you high yeah, and dry. Yeah, red hot crack. And I yeah. think I made the comment in the car saying to your mum, Leanne, is it Leanne Hodge? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was saying, Leanne, I, I don't think it... He needs you to pile in in WA. I think he's going to get it. I think he's going to absolutely get it tomorrow night. Let's just mate, to... And I did. I copped it, mate. When I was going, when I whenever I'd run to the bench, I'd be standing there, and those same two blokes. I'm not sure if they had spares, but every time yeah. I came to the bench, there was full stubbies going right in front of my face. <laughs> oh, gee, do you want another beer? Do you want another beer? And do you know when you're sort of sitting there, it's like you can't do much. Like, on the footy field, I'm normally a pretty serious bloke. Yeah. I, I started laughing because I'm yeah. like, oh. you can't get angry at them. These blokes, and they were consistent. They were consistent. Every time I come off, do you want another beer, Hodgie? Do you want another beer? So yeah. I was, as I said, it was a shocking moment and something that I was embarrassed about. Yeah, but the boys, boys had a lot of fun that night. They had a lot of fun with me, and especially when we won, when you guys won, mm. that even more straight afterwards. Oh no, the um, and that, that was where we thought we had you. But you finished up now. I remember you moving from Hawthorne, um, where you'd played three hundred plus games, to Brisbane. And there was a lot of fanfare. Uh, was it you and Rob Murphy on the night that would carry it off and Channel 7 did a massive yes, uh, yeah. massive thing for you and stuff like that. And you ended up deciding to go to Brisbane with fakes. Were you unsure whether you were going to go to Brisbane? How, how did that work? Because obviously it wasn't in the mix when you – because you're, you're, you're a modest guy. There's no way in the world you would have agreed to being chair. Mate, I just want to – I, I just wanted me time. Yeah, yeah. I was pissed off at Bob. I was pissed off at Bob and Gibbo. Yes. Like Gibbo was, he didn't even play and he got carried off. Yeah, no, fair call. Oh, Gibbo, fucking move, get out of the front. And come, nah, on, nah, come, mate, on, was... Ed, come on, Bob, you didn't even play in that grand final. Fuck, give us a spell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's harsh. That is harsh. Sorry, I love Bob Murphy. Good Gippsland boy. Real good Gippsland boy. <laughs> it was leading into my 300th game and it was a big hit because Mitch and Louis um, went off the year before. Yeah. I'm sort of sitting there and I would had no intent. I would never have played for another club. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even cross my mind. And then when those two guys left to go other ways, and, and like they both had really good years. Louis went and played in the prelim that year. Mitch, uh, what did West Coast do that year? I think they played finals. That, that's where they yeah, beat Port Adelaide yeah, in that first play, final. Yeah. They'll, 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 yeah. they'll, they were favourites early, and then they just sort of bumbled their way through the season. Yeah, and that's what I thought, well, what they've done to the other teams. But... It wasn't until, even up until it was my 300 game, and I said to Clark, I said, mate, I don't want to cop this for the next eight weeks. Is Hodge going to retire? Is he going to, yeah. what's he going to do? So I said, mate, in our team, we've got, we had Birch, Frawley, and Strato all injured, and I was playing with Sicily, Burton, Hardwick, like a group of young guys. Yeah. Bring those older guys back in, and I'm kicking one of those young guys out. So I said, I'm not going to be in the next premiership at Hawthorne. Probably better for me to retire now and then move on and, and watch. I was I was yeah. happy with, with what I'd done at Hawthorne, and ready to move on. And he's like, yep, yep, no problems if you want. So Fags actually sent us a text saying, mate, congratulations on your career, right on your 300. The, the warmth up here would be good for your old body if you if you came for a kick yeah. next year. Like something along the lines of that. And then nothing, I didn't reply. I said, oh, thanks for the message, mate, no problems. Yeah. And then as we're getting towards the end, I'm like, fuck. Oh, and we played well, we just missed out. We lost to Carlton the second last game, which took us out of finals, but my form was actually okay. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, fuck, I'm, miss, I'm going to miss footy too much. But then sort of spoke with Lauren and said, nah, that's it. We'll do the we'll do the finish up. And then it was through the Mad Monday and we had the week off. And I'm sitting there going, fuck, I love footy too much. Yeah. My body was in a good position. So I sent a message to Fake saying, hey, mate, is that still up and about or, or are you still interested? And he fucking straight back on the phone. He was really? like, what, you, you want to chat? You want to? And I'm <laughs> like, well, worth having a chat about. I said, yeah. there's likelihood. It's, it's a 20% chance got a family now we're ready to move on we just wanted to discuss it so we had a chat went away for a couple of weeks and it was the worst two weeks of my life i'll have a few beers and get in touch mm. courage yeah let's, let's do it yeah. and i'll wake up and i'll be like no i'm not fucking doing it i can't yeah. play against Hawthorne. no and that went on for about two weeks mm. and you know it's like at the end of the off season it was like a couple of beers one night a couple of beers the next night yeah. and lauren cracked the shit she's like well you make a fucking decision yeah she goes either stick to it and ring paul or stop freaking bitching and moaning about yeah. it so I had a few beers again, rang Paul and said, oh, let's, let's investigate this. Uh, spoke to Fags, he come round and I said, mate, let's, let's, let's see what, where it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a hell of a two weeks. It was just, just stressful and it was more about the perception. Like, I could never imagine playing against Hawthorne, but yeah. I said footy, footy moves pretty fast and yeah, it it's, happened. It's funny, like obviously you'd be remembered as a Hawthorne champion, but then you put those guys in the same box and I think Ruffy's probably the only one that didn't end up leaving and probably could have at the end of last year. But Brisbane's turnaround, they were 
not irrelevant. We, we had a couple of irrelevant footy clubs we used to play against. We, a few of us used to call them irrelevant. But Brisbane, <laughs> but Brisbane weren't irrelevant, but they weren't anything. And then Fags has gone there, which was probably a bit of a surprise appointment from a lot of Hawthorne people. He was a good manager, um, was Clarko's uh, diffuser, I suppose. Um, the, <laughs> yep. the, the bloke who would diffuse Clarko's raging... Maniac. Unless unless it was in Adelaide on a on a on a night that we lost to Port Adelaide, and then it was a punch on, and uh, yeah, <laughs> but but geez, that that turned around uh, quickly. What do you put it down to? And I did get a question on Twitter asking about the differences between Brisbane and Hawthorne. Ask you about the difference between Hawthorne and Brisbane, or are they just a bit younger and tracking in a similar direction? I hate doing those comparisons. Yeah, um, Hawthorne had a lot of core young, but then they got a, they got a really good draft. Right yeah. with that built the the forward line. Lewis came in, mixed with a few of the older guys, and then we just kept, kept topping up with with good young players. I think Brisbane, they, yeah, I, I think the culture changed. That, that culture cha- uh, changed when Fags and Noble and all that got there. Um, and it was, I guess it, it, it already started. And then I, I was just more of a guy. I remember, I remember Fags. The main thing he said to me was, look, mate, I don't... I, I can coach him pre-game, in the pre-season, quarter time, half time, three quarter time after the game, but when young guys need their feedback is during the game. When they make a mistake, they need to know why they made the mistake and what a better decision would be. And we don't have enough older guys because remember how Brisbane left? I had about five or six of those core guys that left. I think Yo yeah. left, Pollock left, Doherty left. Yeah, there was, there was about five or six of them. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, we just don't have enough of those core guys. So that, that's what I enjoyed because it was sort of similar to what I did with my last year at Hawthorne playing with all those younger, Bert and Sicily, yeah. uh, looking at So... What, what's also helped him is Harris Andrews. The development of Harris Andrews is a young defender who's yeah. uh, he is as mature as I've seen as a person who studies up, as talented as far as understanding the game to spoil to mark, reading the play. But they had a really good draft. They got Hugh McCluggage in. They got Jared Berry in. Um, they got some really good trades in from Jared Lyons pretty much for nothing because yeah. I think Gold Coast saw him as a too old for what they were looking to build. Yeah. Lockie come over. Lockie Neal come over. He's been an absolute star. Hasn't he? Um, yeah, we, I just wish yeah, he won the Brownlow last year when I was in, I was invested last year. I'm not invested this year. So he's going to win the Brownlow by 4,000 <laughs> votes. And um, poor old me over in, in Perth, not invested. But, yeah, sorry, continue. God bless Lockie. No, no, no. <laughs> no, and I think that was it. I think it's a, yeah. it's a big thing from the, the culture. And I think I, I, I didn't want to come into a club and say, oh, this is what we used to do because footy clubs are different. It's more yeah. about... Telling them about your experiences and where you stuffed up, and yeah. I was fortunate enough that through my career I stuffed up a lot of times. Yes. So I was able to say that I made a mistake here. This is what I learned from yeah. it. So it's not do this, don't do this. It's like I've done this before, and it didn't work well if I did this, or yeah. maybe have a try doing this. And just rather than talking up the whole time, I'd mention something to someone, and they could talk up, and it was just more spreading the leadership. As similar to what we did at Hawthorne, yeah. not so much having a captain and vice captain to do everything have nine leaders or eight leaders who are going to help each other out. And that's what they got at the moment. And it's working really well for them. Short and sweet. Uh, do you regret going to Brisbane or not? Did you love it? Were you obviously still there? Mate, I'm sitting here in shorts and a T-shirt with a beer talking to you. Yeah. It's 20 degrees so uh, the, at, at five o'clock at night. <laughs> the, the only negative is so, talking to me. It sounds pretty good from, uh, from my I was, angle. I was going to say, I was going to say there was one downfall. You pick it. Uh, <laughs> but but no, nah, so I, I think, um, my, you know, it's like now with with a family, uh, four boys. Like they're outside twelve months yeah. of the year, playing, running around, having a swim. Uh, I feel for the people in Victoria with with the yeah. kids who are in lockdown. Like that's not being able to take the kids to the park or do anything like that would be would be hell for them. Um, but that's where we're, we're fortunate enough that we, I think we're here for about four months. Yeah. And Loz turned around and she said, "We're we're not going back for a long time unless work yeah. or for certain reasons we've got to go back." But it was our choice. We're going to be here for a while. Just the fact that it's we both grew up in in country Victoria in a, in a small country town, and going from Melbourne, which we loved, to Brisbane, which is just low key, a step mm. back, which is it feels a great spot to, to raise the family. Mate, so similar to to my experiences moving to Perth, just just that slower, the warmth, the slower sort of. It's still in a city when you like you from a small. Country I've, no, town. I've, actually, I've actually noticed your tan as well. It's really coming along. No, I don't, mate. I'm having chest pain. I'm worrying my skin's turning because because <laughs> I've got a medical reason. <laughs> But um, <laughs> when I moved over, I don't know if you know this, I was, obviously, I was with Em and uh, she was in Melbourne and she stayed in Melbourne and, and banked on me being delisted within, <laughs> within 12 months and back in Melbourne. Hence, um, she stayed for 12 months. So we did long distance 12 months assuming I'd be delisted. And um, seven years later, we're oh, still here. 
don't you love the support that your partners give you? Oh, mate, crazy. And the, and crazy. the confidence. I just said to her, I said to her last night, I mean, don't you get sick of nagging me? But um, anyway, I won't go down that because <laughs> she doesn't listen, so I'm safe. But, uh, mate, I've got a couple more things I need to ask you. Just from the questions that I've copped off uh, social media, if that's all right, um, I did put out a call for social media followers if they've got any questions for you. Uh, John Prester wants to know about the light and easy contract. H- how did that come about? And I think it was more of a dig. I think it was more of a dig in direction for me to get on light and easy than anything else. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually um, people keep saying you don't eat light and easy. I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I, but it's I, it started when Lauren first had Cooper. Um, she obviously put on weight as as pregnant ladies do, and she thought, oh, a good way to to lose weight is obviously portion sizing. At the same time, I, I was being a good partner. Yeah. I went out in sympathy after the grand final, and I put on a shitload of weight too. Yeah, same. So I thought I'd <laughs> share. So we, we did the right. I did the right thing by her, and yeah, um, she was getting a light and easy. So I started eating it, and I dropped weight really quick. And I thought, hey, this is perfect. I can go out in the off season, yeah, have beers, eat what I want. But then the last month of our holidays, I'm just going to smash a lot of light and easy, drop my weight back, and my skinnies won't be high. Yeah, no, it actually works. So I wasn't I wasn't in the fat group after 2009 since Jeez. I started uh, started trying it, and then. That was just what what happened. I, I I spoke to Adam Simpson with my knee in 2012, and he said that he dropped a kilo when he turned 30. Every year he dropped a kilo just yeah. to help him agile, and your body obviously yeah. gets a bit older. I was 28, coming off a banged up body, knee was gone, uh, and I think I was about 92. I ended up getting back to about 87, 88 by two years later, just from just watching what I eat. So yeah, uh-huh. the question was, yes, I do eat yeah, it, okay. and I probably should get back onto it because because post career of I've seen it pick up a few of those kilos again. Yeah, no, well, I've, I've eaten a lot of them. Uh, someone asked me the I'll budge. Send you, I'll send you over a couple. Yeah, send me over a couple. The budge asked me, uh, Hodge, you're known as the mo- one of the most selfless captains on the footy field, lead by action and example. Is there an instance in your career where you just thought you were selfish? I think everyone goes through times where you go, shit, I did the wrong thing. Whether yeah. it was I had a snap when I when I should have passed it, or I did something, or but there, there's a numerous amount of times when you sit back and go. Did I put the team before myself? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times you go, fucking no, I was selfish. I think it's a natural instinct, especially as you're a young guy coming through. To get drafted, you've got to be selfish. Yeah. As much as you want to go and do the team things, if you're going to go and shepherd for everyone as an 18-year-old, you're not going to get drafted. Yeah. So we've got to try and turn young guys from being selfish to get drafted into into team players. And that only happens with maturity and and, and when you develop. So okay. was I selfish? Shit, yeah. I was, yeah. I was selfish for a lot of my career, but it just... In the important times when you get older, you sort of get away from it, and it's more about the young guys than, than about yourself. In 2008, did you have broken ribs from Smithy on Insta? Uh, I don't know. We never got him scanned. Well, did you we, um, decided not, best not to know. Well, it was, it was a weird one because when we went, I don't think anyone would have given us stuff because apart from he needed me in my ribs, yep. and then I coughed up blood, and yep. then the doc saw me cough up blood, yep. and he's like, "Oh shit, what's going on here?" And we sat with Andrew Russell in on the Monday. And the doctors, and they said, well, what are you going to do if you if they're broken compared to if they're not broken? Well, it's like, well, I'm going to play either way. Yeah. So what's the point? Um, and they're like, well, why don't we just get a, a guard to put it on it and we'll train? You're a mad motherfucker asking people to punch you in the ribs at the first of bounce, though. <laughs> no, nah, my, my – my, well, do you know when you, you call their bluff? It's yeah. like I put my arms up and say, well, mate, we'll hit it. And then the guard was pretty good. Don't worry, I had a few tries okay. with blokes hitting me before the game. Right. And it was like, well, if, if he got it, if, if I'm not flinching and he's hit me, yeah. then he's, he's going to forget about it. And yeah. then he tried three times, I didn't flinch, and he moved on and they forgot about it for the rest of the game. No, nah, delicious. Uh, and one on Twitter, last one, mate, uh, from Del- Delicious. Delicious. Stop thinking about food. No, shut up, man. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the man shakes, mate. I'm on these man shakes things. I'm serious. It says, the slogan is, Lose the beer gut without losing the beers. Well, I've had a lot of beers and I haven't lost my beer gut, so we're, we're still. Oh, no. work. You've had five. You've, you've had five beers in our chat. <laughs> Are they low carb? No, no, they're full swing. They're a full go. Uh, <laughs> last one. Someone asked me, uh, "What's my favourite memory of Hodgie off field?" Uh, Laura on Twitter. My favourite memory of Hodgie off field was we had a night in the city one night near Crown, and my favourite cricketer, Alistair Cook, was. Uh, at the facility where we're at, <laughs> and you, you ordered me to go get a, a four beers or something, and it was your um, credit or what you, you'd put on the, the afternoon. So I was like, yeah, no worries. Went and grabbed a few beers. And you went and angled yourself into Alistair Cook because you knew it was my favourite cricketer in the world, and I'm a mad <laughs> cricket fan. 
and we spoke with him uh, and you angled me in there, got in there. You held me in a headlock for an hour or so after it and um, we forget about that. But we had a massive night. <laughs> you wouldn't let me go. I was like, Hodgie, I need to go home, mate. You're, like, You're not going anywhere. And I was, no wonder I look like the hunchback of Notre Dame these days. I'm at 90 degrees so that headlock I was in for an hour. But Yeah, I did go through a headlock stage. <laughs> oh, mate, you locked me off to where there was no oxygen. But you introduced me to Alistair Cook. But you rang me the next morning at about 8 a.m. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll you, you remember this and said... And when you see the, uh, you ringing me, I was like, holy shit, what did I do when I left the joint? Fuck, Hodgie's onto me already. <laughs> um, and you said, I oh, know, Alistair Cook uh, has been in touch and he wants to give you some of his merchandise. And we went around to the, um, the hotel and, um, and Alistair Cook was there and he gave me his test shirt. He'd made um, a big hundred in, I think it was. Yeah. A lot of his training gear. And you, you took me in there and... Mate, it was something you didn't need to do. But what really got my gro- my gear up that day was uh, Alistair Cook was incredibly generous and kind to us. But Kevis Peterson gave us absolutely dick all. <laughs> and I remember thinking, Hodgie, you won't say something, but this prick better lighten up. This is Hodgie's town. This is not your town, Kevin Peterson. <laughs> Can you remember dropping in there and get the shirt? So I really do appreciate it. I've still got it all. Nah, I've still got all the merch. I all remember. It was, uh, it was the place on the corner of Turak and Chapel. Yes, it was. And Coop oh, came in. Yes. Oh. Yeah, no, I remember because you were sitting in there and you are talking about it. I'm like, oh. Fuck, just go and talk to him and you wouldn't do scared. it. So I'm like, yeah. oh. But, but he, you're right, though. He was a ripper. He, he was a, a bloody nice he? guy. And last one, mate, before we wrap it up. Sorry, two more really quick ones. Uh, best player you ever played with? Oh, you can't go past Bud, can you? No. Um, you look at him, he's, he's a free, even though he's gone and, and went to Sydney for that many years. For a bloke, you can do what he can. But, mate, we were very fortunate. When you look at the blokes, Mitch, Louis, Ruff, we were, we were so fortunate to yeah. play with those kind of guys. But Bud's probably just got to take it. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, and another one from um, Wilbur on Twitter. Where, where are you keeping my Norm Smith? <laughs> I looked at it because I asked a lot of people if I can get some dirt on you. Yeah. And they just said, don't bring up the Norm Smith because he's going to claim it. <laughs> what, what was it? You had, what, you had 28, you had 21 kicks. Mate, you know what the only most thing is? marks ever in a grand final, 14, most ever in the history of the game. The only thing is they looked up at your defensive efforts and there was zero. So that Bullshit. probably took a few marks off you. Bullshit. I went to tackle Gaz and he elbowed me in the face by accident. And I got a free kick for it. Actually, you and me were in a tackle. You had him and then I fell into it. He elbowed me in the face and like, free kick X. I was like, fuck, hopefully that's a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you just got a cheap free kick. <laughs> <laughs> nah, mate. Really, 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 really grateful to have you on. Thanks for the chat. You're, a, you're an absolute megastar. Love playing with you. I sat in awe of you for so long and really enjoy um, catching up with you. And as you said during the podcast, you, you, you loved your footy, but you also love having a beer with your mates. And uh, I've been grateful enough to be on the end of a few of them. So uh, thanks so much, mate. <laughs> I look forward to seeing what you do in the next 10 years, 20 years. Perfect, Tucker. Thanks, mate. And hopefully when your borders open, I can come over and uh, have a beer with you in person. Good on you, mate. Thank you very much. <laughs>